I'm doing well. How you doing, Brady? I'm doing good enough. That's what I'm telling people. I'm doing good enough. Um, let's start with the DeMar Hamlin story, um, because you have been in a lot of buildings. You have covered a lot of things, and I'm sure in hockey especially, you've seen a lot of scary incidents. Anything that you can remember that has kind of shaken us like what happened Monday night? Well, not that I've been at or covered personally, um, but, but you know, there have been, uh, sadly, events that have had, you know, I mean, Hank Gathers, I remember watching that game uh, on TV uh, and, and, you know, um, uh, we know what happened that night. Um, Rich Peverly, if you remember the former Bruin, uh, was playing with the Dallas Stars and had a cardiac incident uh, on the bench. Uh, and that was... Uh, you know, I mean, I mean, we are, we are mortal. And, and when, when you take uh, an athlete, I don't care his age and his fitness level, uh, we know, and we've talked a lot over the last two days about what a, a blunt trauma to the chest at the, at the absolute inopportune time can do, uh, to someone's heart. We know, uh, that these guys are, are being put in positions. Um, you know, as I talk to you over my shoulder is a, a picture of a print of the first painting that Travis Roy drew uh, when, when he was in the Shepherd Center. Um, you know, that's one that will always uh, uh, hang with me uh, because I knew Travis for many years leading up to that from Maine. Uh, and that was at the beginning of a game after raising a, a national championship banner. So, you know, no, I mean, nothing like that that happened on the national level. Hank Gathers was before social media, you know, where where even people who weren't watching that game and Monday Night Football, most of the country was watching. Uh, but everybody jumped in on it quickly. Uh, just it stops you in your tracks. I, you know, as a broadcaster, I'm watching it to, to see what ESPN will do. And, and I thought they did an amazing job. Uh, being being honest and being real and being authentic and, and letting their feelings and emotions and uncertainties um, uh, carry the the hour that they had to cover. Uh, but but as a human being, you know, I and I was on social media saying it right away. I mean, you can't consider playing the game. And I, I know they're backing off the the we gave them five minutes to get ready to play again. But Joe Buck, who I trust a lot, said that a few times over the course yep. of that uh, that five minute span. So. If that's the case, shame on the NFL. Uh, but kudos to the players and the coaches who said no. This is this is not the right time. Uh, there are more important things than the game, and and here we are two days later. We still don't know when or if they'll play that game at all. Uh, but but I think you know if you're the Buffalo Bills and I, they're going to have to play the, the Patriots this weekend, one way or another, that game is going to go on. Uh, but you just hope they get some good news out of the, out of their teammate. Um, and it sounds a little bit um, on the the good versus bad side uh, this morning, but it just, I, I can't imagine strapping on the football pads and going out and, and trying to play that violent game when, when thoughts of him are in your mind. Do these incidents change the way that we watch sports? Like, is it going to be different for us to watch football on Sunday? I, you know, I, I don't think so. I really don't. I just, because I think history shows that, I mean, Dale Earnhardt died in, in a race mm -hmm. and, and, you know, now that was kind of at the height of NASCAR's popularity uh, and that didn't change that. Um, you know, we, we, I mean, sports have a tendency to overreact 
when there's an injury, right? I mean, the NFL has tweaked rules to to protect quarterbacks and to limit head hits and and targeting and all of that. Which, you know, baseball the Buster Posey rule, right? You you, you, you try to take away, but at the at the core, football is a violent game, and we've we've packaged it up and and sort of sanitized it, where where people forget that. You know, there it's we we watch video games and we think these are video games and and we we have our our phone open to our fantasy football score and we keep half an eye on what these players these players are doing superhuman things and and I think we can never forget that I don't think it'll change the way we watch football I do worry about the long term ramification um, parents I've said this for a while the worry for me for football is parents are going to stop having their kids play football because of the violence and and that will ultimately lead i think to uh, a decline in the popularity because it's at an all-time high anyway uh but i think that is the long-term worry every time there's another incident not that there's been other incidents like this but when you the, the violence comes into the conversation uh i worry about the long-term effect on football but it won't change overnight that it won't change these playoffs and how we watch them Tom Karen, Red Sox and Bruins insider at Nesson with us here on the Brady Farkas Show on this Wednesday. Let's move over to the Red Sox, as tough as it is to transition to actual sports. But we saw yesterday Red Sox avoided arbitration with Rafael Devers. He was going to be on the team anyways, but this appeared to be a relatively easy process. And look, I don't take that for granted, considering it wasn't an easy process with Devers last year. It wasn't an easy process with Mookie Betts back in the day. So how important is it to get this done, get it done early, and get it done without animosity? Yeah, I think that the last part's what's important. I, I don't think it matters that you got it done. I think it would have mattered if you didn't get it done, if that makes yeah. any sense. I don't, I don't think getting it done helps you at all, uh, but not getting it done could have hurt you. So so good on them to get it done you know, before camp, not having it drag another month. Uh, I'm told there's a steady conversation going on between the two sides. <clears throat> I'm, I, I'm not told they're anywhere close. But they've got time. They really do have a lot of time. Uh, this is it. I mean, somebody used the expression on Twitter. I thought it was perfect. They can't kick the can down the road anymore. Mookie's gone. Xander's gone. The fork in the road is Devers. If you can't get this done, then you really are telling us that you're not keeping your core great players. Uh, he's the last of them, and he's younger than the others, and he's got a lot of baseball left. So you got to get this done. And after what we've seen the last offseason, it's going to be a ridiculous contract that's going to change uh, the parameters of what the Red Sox pay people. But Devers is uh, your best player. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know that it helps them get a long-term deal done, but they got it done, and now they can move back to the bigger discussion of the future. How do you view the Corey Kluber signing? Is it a game-changing stabilizer in the rotation, or is it this year's Garrett Richards and this year's Michael Waka? Let's hope it's this year's Michael Waka and not this year's Garrett Richards. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's a, but these are these are the pitching deals that Hyam Bloom clearly enjoys. Martin Perez before mm -hmm. that, who's now an All Star, wasn't when he was here, uh, but but sadly in 2020 was the Red Sox best pitcher. So and these one year veteran pitchers have actually worked out fairly well. Richards ended up being pretty good in the bullpen at the very end of that. And listen, I I you know I love Nathan Evaldi, but they they. The real concerns about his durability are, are, I think, in the end, what kept them from giving him the deal he got in Texas. Kluber threw, made 31 starts last year. He was healthy. That was his first full year back. 
uh, after barely pitching over two years before that. Uh, I, I thought it was a good deal. I think it helps the 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 rotation. I'd like to see him get one more. I'd love to see him bring back Waka if they could get that done. I thought he was good here last year. And as a 4-5, he'd be really good. Uh, I think that, yeah, listen, I, I've been saying all along, if they had re-signed Xander Bogarts, I think fans would love what they have done this offseason. Yeah. I think the bullpen is really good now after being really bad last year. And I think the starting rotation, there's a lot of ifs. There's a lot of ifs in that starting rotation. But there is the potential for that starting rotation to be actually pretty good. If, if Sale or Paxton or even one of the two can be healthy, uh, I, you know, Kluber's shown you he can be healthy. I like what I saw from Brian Bayo. I like Whitlock coming in as a starter all year. I like the depth Hout gives you, Pavetta. Um, so the rotation could be okay. You just you haven't replaced Bogarts. You haven't come close to replacing him offensively. So let's see if they've got a trade to maybe try to do that. I haven't done a lot of digging on this, but it came across my MLB trade rumors feed the other day. What's up with the Marlins asking about Tristan Costas' availability? Yeah, they were way in on him at the draft uh, back when the Red Sox got him. So it only makes sense. They've got a really deep uh, pitching staff. So they've got, you know, if I'm the Marlins, I'm looking at the Red Sox saying they probably need pitching and they've got this young hitter we covet. Uh, Why don't we make a move uh, or try to make a move? I I don't see it happening. I think if there was a chance of it happening, they would have kept Hosmer because that would have given them the fallback plan without Hosmer. You kind of, you know, you're going to roll with with Bobby Dahlbeck. I don't, I don't think that's the case. Uh, So I I don't know. I I think, I think the Hosmer move kind of tells me that wasn't going to happen. So uh, we'll see. I know they've been talking to the Marlins about a lot. The Marlins have a couple position players, you know, that the Padres have what five shortstops on the roster. I mean, there's, there's trades out there to be made uh, depending what they're willing to give up. And I, I, I do think the Red Sox are going to make a trade that will improve this team. And I think, you know, the, the caliber of that trade will dictate how we feel about this team in a month. TC, let's move to the Bruins. You were at the Winter Classic. Um, it was fun to watch on TV. You had told us a couple weeks ago that Fenway was going to be the star. The Green Monster was going to be the star. It certainly came off that way on television. I, I was very worried that that Malkin shot at the end of the game was actually a goal. It took me until yeah. the second replay to 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 you know let my guard down on that. But uh, what was your what was your experience at the Winter Classic? Well, starting with the Malkin thing, that was that was weird because <clears throat> yeah, the buzzer sounded. <clears throat> the Bruins celebrated while the uh, Penguins went back to their bench and got ready for a faceoff. Uh, it was, you know, because they really they they thought it was a goal. So you you know it was a, kind of a strange, and you're waiting, and they were they did a good job of being very quick with that review, and and waved it off. I you know I I think the event I was there in 2010. I thought the event and the celebration of hockey far surpassed the first Winter Classic at Fenway. Um, the Black Keys, the the symphony, you know, the, the pops playing uh, uh, constantly through the fireworks and, and flames after mm-hmm. goals. And again, I, I just thought the ballpark looked amazing. Uh, and and it was kind of a snoozer of a game, wasn't it, for, for two periods? Um, but then I thought the third period was great. <clears throat> we know now that uh, Felino kind of took the room and, and said, you know, these are fun events, but they're a lot more fun if you win. Let's play some Bruins hockey and get after it. <laughs> Uh, so I thought it was great. I I, I was worried there uh, early in the third period that the, the first home regulation loss was going to be at Fenway, which kind of takes away from that whole thing. So <laughs> I'm glad they got the two points and and got out of it. And uh, I, I just we had a blast. Uh, the hot to the college games come now Friday Saturday. We got the women's doubleheader Friday, the men's doubleheader Saturday. Uh, I'll be calling all of those games, and you know that's. 
we were talking to one of the coaches yesterday, Meredith Roth, head coach at uh, at Holy Cross, as part of it, and she said, "Yeah, it's gonna be a blast. No black keys, no symphony, you know, no, <laughs> yeah, no Belle Biv DeVoe singing the anthem. Uh, so the college game's a little more stripped down at Fenway, but it's always a blast. I, I think outdoor hockey is great. I really do. I'm a sucker for it every time." Are you able to see well? That's the one thing I was wondering. Are the are the vantage points okay? Like I'm sure those tickets are expensive. Are you able to see without binoculars? So where we we were up on the Green Monster, um, and it was fabulous. I, the, the 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 ice was a little far away, but not so far that you you couldn't see the action without binoculars. Uh, but the great thing about it, you're high enough that you saw it, and you saw everything else going on on the field. Uh, we were right above Bobby Orr when he did, did mm. that ceremonial first puck to, to Veritech, which was really cool. And, and, but yeah, no, and you you know, and to me, you're kind of taking in the whole spectacle of the thing. Now, to call the game is different. In the past, the ice kind of went third to first, and we were in the normal baseball booth, the home plate, and you're a mile away because of the distance between home plate and center ice. Because this year, if you notice, they they rotated the ice to go up along the first base side, like we said last week with the, with the monster behind you. So we're going to call the game from a suite, and that's where Kenny Albert is calling the game for TNT. Mm. Um, and I, I think that's a better vantage point. I haven't been up there to see it. I've only seen pictures. Uh, but I think the broadcasters have a better view where the ice is now. Tom Karen, Red Sox Bruins insider over at Nesson. TC, I look forward to talking to you next week, hopefully 100% healthy. Yeah, you're battling through it, man. Well done. Uh, You sound good. Keep it up. Uh, But but, uh, I hope you feel better quickly. Thank you, TC. All right, Brady.